This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. God bless you. Welcome to this service this evening and I'm I'm so blessed. I'm so glad to to be ministering to us today again. And uh, thank God for his word. Thank God for a brand new month. You know, we are just stepping into the second half of the year and we give God all the praise, all the glory for keeping us till now. Hallelujah. I pray to God that the second half of the year will be glorious, will be a wonderful time, and that the pains of the first half will be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. It will totally be taken away by the power of the Holy Spirit and that there will be a blissful moment in second half of 2020 by the grace of you know it's been a very very uh troublesome and and a unique year very unique very unique very unique but we trust god that his healing hands will be upon the nations of the earth and there will be transformation in the name of jesus christ so last on sunday we started talking about the antichrist uh, a topic or a name or a concept that scares some but then, we are not supposed to be scared. We are supposed to be made ready. Hallelujah. A preacher must teach the whole counsel of God. We must look into God's word and teach everything that the word expects us to teach. Glory to God. So tonight, or this evening, we are going a step further considering the subject, the Antichrist. The Antichrist. Antichrist. A lot. I, I will encourage everybody watching, everybody listening, please. Try and get the message, uh, Sunday's message, to know where we started from because I'm just going to uh, take it a step further this evening. This evening, we want to look at two things. Where the Antichrist is from and for how long he will pray for. This man of sin, this son of perdition, this beast, this lawless one. How long? And then where is he from? We started last week. So let's, let's look, go straight away to Daniel chapter 8 and verse 8. The Bible says, Therefore, the e-goat waxed great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, for he came of four notable horns towards the four wings of heaven. We explained that this, uh, this, this is talking about Alexander the Great under Grecian Empire, and that four of his generals there were the arms being talked about here and that uh, his kingdom was divided into four, uh, uh, divided among four generals and that they want, went into four different directions. Now, those four generals produced four different nations or what you call states. Number one, Syria. Number two, Turkey. Number three, Greece. And number four, Egypt. Syria, Turkey, Greece and Egypt. Turkey and Greece are part of Europe. Why Syria is in the Middle East, then you have Egypt, which is in Africa. So these are the four directions. Uh, this is history now. Historically, the four generals went ahead to start these four nations. Syria, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. So, the four horns being talked about here, 
symbolically. So the, the four arms being talked about here symbolically were these four nations when they were formed by these four generals under Alexander the Great. And the Bible said that one of the arms, one of these four, that means one of these four roots, four nations, will produce a man that will eventually be known as the Antichrist. Now, it does not mean these nations are Antichrist. I'm just explaining that historically and from what the scripture is predicting, it's going to come from one of these four streams. So, one of these four streams will produce a man. But then I want to show you something about this man. Revelation chapter 17. And this is very profound. Revelation 17. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be. It's Bible study. Now, verse 8. Now, it's talking about this. Remember, one of the names of, of, the, of the Antichrist is the beast. Now, at times in the Bible, the Antichrist is uh, being talked about as an individual. And that's who he is. But it's also linked up to where he is coming from. Now, look at this. The beast that was, that's Revelation 17, 8. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And that they that dwell on earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the earth. Is your name in the book of life? Mm. When they behold the beast that was and that is not, and yet is. What is the meaning of that was? That is not. As at the time the revelation was being given to John, the apostle, or John, the writer of the revelation, the beast was not. But the Bible says the beast that was, that is not, and that shall come. This is talking about that kingdom, that kingdom that produced a small horn. As at the time of John, now, Let's go further, then I will explain this. So, the Bible says, those whose, whose name are not written in the book of life, from verse 9. And here is the mind which had wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman seated. And there are, and there are seven kings. Five are falling. One is, and the other one is not yet come. When he cometh, he must continue a short time. And the beast that was, and that is not, even that he is, is the eighth, and is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. What's the meaning of this? He said, the seven heads of the beast, talking about seven kings, and he said, five are falling. One is, and then he said, one will soon receive kingdom. And that the beast we are talking about will come from the one that will receive the kingdom but will produce his own kingdom. So it's going to be from the seventh but becoming the eighth. Five kings or seven kings, five are falling. Five are falling. One is, that means the sixth one, as at the time John was writing, five of the kings are falling. One was standing in the time of John. Number six was standing. He said number seven will come. The beast will emanate from number seven but he will form the eighth kingdom. Who are these five kings? I said last week that different kings have ruled the world and the Antichrist must follow their precedent. He will also conquer the world. So which, who are these seven kings? Egyptian empire. 
Assyrian Empire, Babylonian Empire, Medo-Persian Empire, Grecian Empire, and then they ceased one that was, as at the time of Daniel, that used the word, the one that is, that was at that time, Roman Empire, because as at the time John was writing, Roman Empire was standing, so it was the sixth kingdom. All other fives had fallen by then. There was no Egyptian kingdom again, no Assyrian kingdom again, no Babylonian kingdom again, no Medo-Persia again, no Grecian kingdom again, but Rome was standing as number six. And the Bible says that there will be number seven. He said, but the beast was, is no, as at the time John was writing. Now, this will let you know, if you link this up to Daniel, saying that, the four generals came from Grecian Empire. And then the four generals, one of them will produce the Antichrist. So the Antichrist is linked to the Grecian Empire. Now, so at the time John was writing, Grecian Empire had fallen to Roman Empire. Roman Empire was in charge. So Greece was no more. So the Bible said the beast that was, that was Grecian Empire, that is no more, that shall be. So that tells us something. Most likely... Uh, there will be a revive, a reviver of the Grecian Empire, a kind of reformation. Some are saying European Union, I don't know. Some call it a revived Roman Empire. I don't know. But the Bible tells us that one of these kingdoms that have been, which was not at the time of John, so that eliminates the reigning kingdom in the time of John. So it must be one of the first five. He said the beast that was, that is no more, but that shall be. So there will be a kind of reformation of a kind of formation that was before and it was there the Antichrist will start his kingdom from. And the Bible says that out of ten kings he will conquer three and the remaining seven will submit to him by themselves. That means he's going to spread his influence and he reigns from there. This is why some suspect European Union, well, names are not mentioned in the Bible. Some suspect, whatever it is, some believe it's going to be from Syria, it will conquer Turkey, or it'll be from Turkey, conquer Syria, and move this way. Whatever is not revealed, but the fact remains, the fact that it's going to come from this angle, and that it will be a kind of revived, a revived formation that was before. And that points to Grecian Empire because the horns came from Grecian Empire. Having said that, still we are not given any name of a particular person in the Bible. The sincere truth is, we don't even know whether the guy is already alive. So who is the Antichrist? It's someone that fits all the description I've been given. Nobody right now, no known person, he might be alive now, hidden. But there is no known person that has fulfilled all the illustrations that we have given. It cannot be names of people people are suspecting unnecessarily. And remember, these things are coded. They are revealed in parts. And from time to time, more parts are being revealed. So, I am not saying whatever I've said is the accurate and total revelation of what there is to this thing. We know in parts. We prophesy in parts. It is precept upon precept, line upon line. This is just to point the attention of the church to the fact that 
the Bible has given us an, a, a kind of arrangement showing us a journey of the world evolving from one kingdom to another until there is formed a kingdom, a conglomerate of states, of nations, where a man rises and is given so much respect. He is going to be a very charismatic person. Now, I want to show you something about this guy. It's a short Bible study this evening, and I just want us to... So, turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 9. And so, you have an idea. Then we go back to 2 Thessalonians to close, to talk about the man. Hallelujah. So, Daniel chapter 9. There is um, one profound revelation there. Daniel, I'm going to start from 24. Daniel 9, 24. Now, the Bible says... 70 weeks, or let's start from um, 23. At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth. I am come to show thee, for you are greatly beloved. Said Daniel, we love you so much. I want to show you what's going to happen. Daniel was fasting and praying. He wanted to know what's going on. And then the angel came to him. Then the angel said in verse 24, please pay attention. This is very important. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. These things are set by God. Christians who are carnal cannot understand. Jehovah has a diary. These things are set by, it says 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish transgression. A time is given. I remember, oh, one of the days when God was speaking to Abraham and he told him about giving him the land. And then God spoke to Abraham. He said, your people shall come. Talking about the children of Abraham. They will possess this land. He said, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. The same thing here. God gives man time. And iniquity gets to a point. Judgment is forced. So here God is saying that 70 weeks are determined. And I will explain 70 weeks in a while. To make the end of sins. To make reconciliation for iniquity. To bring in everlasting righteousness. To seal up vision and prophecy. And to anoint the Messiah. So God is saying that this is going to be the end of the matter. 70 weeks is given to sons of men. For perfection of iniquity. For purging. For restoration. And he said prophecy will be sealed. That means the prophecies. Every word spoken. Every prophecy, prophecy given. Every vision given. Is for 70 weeks. What are these 70 weeks? Now he explained further. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. That's 69 weeks. Hey, pay attention here. The angel said to Daniel, 70 weeks in all. Almighty God sat down and carved out a period of 70 weeks. He said, in these 70 weeks, the fate of humanity will be decided. Visions will come to an end after it. Iniquity will have reached its peak. He said, everlasting righteousness will be established. After 70 weeks, there is judgment. Everything is sorted out. Everlasting righteousness is established. Then he said that, let me give you how you measure the 70 weeks. He said, from the time a commandment is given for the rebuild of the temple. Zexus, the king, you remember... In the time of Nehemiah, a command, and the time of Cyrus, who gave a command that the temple should they should rebuild the temple. The Bible talks about him in Isaiah 43 or 44. 
that does share the Lord to his anointed Cyrus. He said, I have raised you so that you can let my prisoners go because they were going to build the temple. Now, where was the temple? That was 444 BC. 444 BC. A command was given that the temple should be built again. Now, look at verse 25 again. He said, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the prince shall be seven, that shall be total of 69 weeks. Now, these 70 weeks actually, each week is, <laughs> these 70 weeks actually, each week is seven years. One week is seven years. So we're actually talking about 490 years here. Yes. Each week is seven years. And you will see it in a while. When they will talk about the Antichrist, uh, giving a peace treaty for to Israel for one week, that's for seven years. And in the middle of the week, it broke, it broke the covenants. It broke the treaty. So the Bible is talking about this 490 years here. 70 weeks. And each week is, 70, is seven years. Each week is seven years. Now, the Bible says that from the time a command was given that the temple should be rebuilt to the time that the Messiah shall be cut up, that was crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He said there will be 69 out of the seven weeks to be fulfilled. That means 99% or there about, about the prophecy. So between that time truly, there were about 483 years they were fulfilled out of the so between the time the king gave command that okay let the temple in Jerusalem be rebuilt and the time that the Messiah was crucified and Messiah showed up actually it was about 483 years and it was fulfilled there is nothing as accurate as the word of God now the remaining seven years have been suspended that is the period of tribulation. Next meeting, we'll look at this more deeply. Now, let's read on. After, verse 26, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. After three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. But not by himself. And the people that pray shall come, shall destroy the city, the sanctuary. I told you in AD 70, Titus did that. Verse 27. It shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, it shall cause sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspread of abomination, it shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation and determined to be poured out upon. So the Bible is saying that this guy, Antichrist will show up when the time of the fulfillment of the last seven years the last one week, last seven years, which is equal to one week, is what we are waiting for now. That is a time of the tribulation. That is what the Bible will call half of it a time and times and half a time. So the Bible talks about the book of Revelation and also the book of Daniel. This guy will make a covenant for a time, half a time. Let's read in conclusion. Daniel 11. Daniel 11. Actually, there's so much. I'm just trying to uh, do a kind of um, do it in an encapsulated form. And the Bible says he shall verse verse. Uh, let's just see verse 41. Actually, the old a whole lot is said here about this guy. 
Oh Lord Jesus. I want to read verse 31 first. And arms shall stand on his parts. Arms shall stand on his parts. He will have weapons more than any other person. And pollute the sanctuary. He shall take away daily sacrifice. He shall place abomination that make it desolate. You know what's going to happen? That's what the Bible, a kind of perversion will be erected at the temple in Jerusalem. It's likely either this guy puts it, abomination or desolation can only be one or two things. Either he puts his image. The Bible says that the false prophets will empower the image of Antichrist to have ability to communicate. Whether it's a technological storm or so, we don't know. But Antichrist will have an image in the temple that people will bow to and they will erect one in Jerusalem. Or he will do what Titus did. Pigs were forbidden in Jerusalem temple. Titus did not only bring down the temple, he offered pig on the altar there to desecrate the altar completely. The Antichrist will set up something that is of abomination, great abomination inside the temple in Jerusalem. And that's what the Bible is talking about. And the Bible is saying that when you see that sign, mm, I will come to verse 32 when we are talking about the church, that they that know their God shall be strong. But I want us to read something from Matthew 24 when Jesus was talking about this. Matthew 24, Jesus spoke about the abomination of desolation also. Verse, Matthew 24, verse 15. Jesus said, when you therefore see, Matthew 24, 15, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel, the prophet, stand in the holy place, letting one that read understand. Then let them that in Judea flee. Jesus was saying, at a point, you are going to see the desolation. The abomination maker, he said, you are going to see it. He said, when you see it, then understand that the end. Now, this happens within the middle of the several weeks, the, 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 the one week period, the last one week, the middle of the last one week, which is equal to the middle of the seven years. So the Antichrist will be given. It shows up at the beginning of the last seven years of the prophecy, last one week. So all the manifestations of the Antichrist personality, the person that embodies this, all the manifestation, all this time, is just for one week, which is seven years. In those seven years, it will be very peaceful, the first three and a half years. It will solve the crisis of the Middle East. For the first time, Israel and the entire Middle East will enter a peace treaty. It will be a global phenomenon. All TV stations will carry it. No president has been able to do it from history of humanity. Nobody has been able to do it. People have attempted, they failed woefully. But here comes a man who grants that deal. And the old world elogizes, the old world praises, the old world celebrates, exalts. And then, for some reasons, in between, probably because he set up his image for the old world to worship, and the Jews will not worship that, then persecution begins. And the temple is brought down to, to desolation. Let's read as I close today. I have just introduced you to a man. Who will this anointing rest upon? We don't know. So we've seen the region. We know it's timing. When the time comes, the Bible says it shall be revealed. I want to call your attention to something in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Wherever you are watching for, from. The Bible says, let no man deceive you. Second Thessalonians 2.3 Why is he always, every time God wants to talk about the end time, he begins by saying, let no man deceive you. 
Because deception will be rampant then. It is right now. All manner of deceptions. Some are saying it's just a symbol. It will happen. This one, that one. Let no man deceive you. The Bible says the day will not come except there is falling away first. And falling away is happening right now. All kinds of heretic messages coming into the body of Christ. And the man of sin shall be revealed from the son of perdition. Who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God. Or that is worshipped. So that he, is, he sits as God in the temple. So this word gives me an idea that he's going to set up his image in the temple. He is a man. He can't be everywhere at the same time. But definitely will set his image probably in the temple in Jerusalem. And he opposed. Remember I've told you all these things. Now, verse 6. Verse 6 will lead us to the next Bible study, which I won't go into today. This is where people differ. Whether rapture will happen before tribulation, during tribulation, or after the tribulation. Verse 6 says, Now you know what we told it, that it might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let, until he is taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed. Underline the word and then. And then is connected to verse 8. Shall the wicked be Now this is pre-tribulation theory. We'll go to that next lecture. So this is saying, some people are saying that the reason why the Antichrist hasn't shown his face, why that fullness of evil anointing has not rested on any mortal man yet, is because the church is the light of the world and the church is still on the face of the earth. That the church is the one that he that letted it will let until it is taken out of the way. In other words, something has to be taken out of the way for the Antichrist to have is the fullness of his power. There is a restraining force restraining him. It is obvious. Something is restraining him. He moved in Hitler, but the power was cut short. It was not the fullness of his power. He could not even sit over the world. Hitler was opposed by UK people, by Ireland forces. He was brought to nothing. Then he moved in Nero. Nero died after a while. Christianity grew. The Jews were rescued. So it's all about what is limited. There, is, there seems to be an invisible hand that restrains this guy from coming out fully. And the Bible says that until that hand is taken away. Can that hand be the body of Christ? We are members of his body. These are debates that we look at next time. Or will the church be here all through tribulation? This is what I want to say to you, brethren. Jesus said, what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. This is not to scare anybody. Those who are prepared have nothing to be afraid of. Remember, whatever we call tribulation is already happening. So, brethren, some brethren in the eastern part of Nigeria and in some parts of the world, some have been massacred for their faith. Some have been burnt alive for their faith already as we live. Remember the 300 Pashmega Christians that were slaughtered that we saw live on CNN. They were taken to the Mediterranean Sea and they were slaughtered like goats. Their blood, they made their blood to spit into the water. They are brethren like us. Remember, underground churches in China. So only the fearful, only the weak will be afraid. If we are to stand in the midst of anything, this is the reason for this message, that we might have saints who have made up their mind to stand no matter what. Pre-tribulation, Mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, 
Jesus is Lord. In his name we stand. In his name we overcome. Light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Glory to God in the highest. But I want to say this to you in conclusion. In the time of Gideon, God told him that the men he took were too many. Judges chapter 7. And he told Gideon that bring them to water and I will test them for you. Please pay attention. Who made it? Who made it? Those who were drinking and watching. Listen to me, saints of the most high across the nations of the earth watching. Thank God for prosperity. Thank God for message on health. Thank God for what God does. He provides for us. He heals. He protects us. But if you are enjoying his blessings and you are not watching. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. One of the days while praying, and then I saw a video. And then it occurred to me, everybody hear this. It occurred to me, God could have stopped coronavirus. Coronavirus came to wake up the world, to remind the world, to remind the world of second coming. We never thought, are you watching me and you are fond of saying, I don't have time for church, I don't have time for this. But when they asked all of you to stay, I told you stayed. I never thought premiership would be granted to a health. Football matches were stopped. Cinemas were stopped. Concerts were stopped. Were stopped. Things were stopped. Shopping malls were closed down. The world started putting nose masks. Something changed the world. When you see something in this physical, there's a parallel truth in the spirits. I'm not saying God brought the pandemic, but he's saying something through the pandemic. Look at it very well. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So Gideon's men who made it were those who were drinking and watching. Are you watching? If you trust God for a job and he gives you one, do you still watch? Are you drinking and watching? Or you put your whole face in the water? So many Christians have forgotten. If only in this world we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. Canada Christians don't talk about second coming. They have no clue. It will make them naked. And I know so many like that. They are concerned about the systems of this world. They celebrate a world leader, a politician who speaks well. They will use him to attack Christians. Say churches are like this, are like that. Some celebrate political figures. There's nothing wrong with belonging to a party or liking somebody. But not when it concerns the values of your kingdom. We are from another kingdom. We have to understand. And the enemy wants our kingdom to bow to his and he takes over the whole world. Listen to me. When you drink, also watch. When God provides, in the midst of the blessings, serve him. Keep winning souls. Keep reaching out to people. The end is near. 
The end is near. Oh, glory to God. I hope you have heard me this evening. I pray that this will wake up somebody. Maybe when you were younger, you loved those songs about second coming, but they are far from you now. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You can join me from your house and just sing it. To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. You know, I'm amazed. I have Christian friends who support and celebrate those who ban Bible and ban prayers in public. And we haven't seen anything. Very soon they will say, saying Jesus is Lord is controversial. It's not correct politically. And some Christians will support them. Falling away. Great falling away. Great falling away. That includes pastors. Some pastors will endorse it. They will reduce the gospel to motivations. And they will endorse every perverse act. I know I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just saying. It's not my nature to come on public mention people names and attack people. No, I don't do that. I'm saying that if the Bible is true, you are going to find preachers among those who will endorse If you are watching me and you have become cold, the Bible says that many shall betray one another, many shall be, many shall be offended and shall betray one another. Are you offended? As a church, a believer, a brother, a sister, someone has someone offended you. You have to understand that the purpose of that offense is to put bitterness in your heart. And you can't let that be. Stand for Jesus wherever you are. Anti-Semitism is rising again all over the world. You will know that the devil has an agenda again. Is the one preparing for another holocaust. Another attack on Jewish people. Signs are rising. Schools abroad are mocking Jews right now. Are mocking Jesus, mocking Christians. And this is increasing every day. The question is, whatever level it gets to, will you stand? Are you scared? Do you only serve him when men applaud that it's good to go to church? 
or when they shift gear, you also shift. When they declare our Bibles, the most terrible book, we used to be holding yours. When they say we should not pray again like they said in Daniel, will you still be praying? Glory to God in the highest. I bless you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll be counted worthy. His grace will be on you, hope. I pray that you don't lose the fire that is in you. I pray that you remain passionate about the things of God all the days of your life. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Enjoy your nights. Remember on Sunday we shall be back 9 a.m. by the grace of God. And then I will talk about pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, and mid-tribulation. Will the church be here when this man of sin is performing his lawlessness? We shall see. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.